Lord, it's such an honor and privilege to be able to stand before your people and bring forth the Word of God. Lord, I've done all that I can do. But Lord, it's up to you now to minister the Word to their hearts. I ask you, Lord God, that you would just use me, Lord God, as your mouthpiece tonight, that I may speak forth the truths that you have placed upon my heart. I pray, Lord God, that every heart will be open to receive. And, Lord, that when we leave this place, that we won't leave the same way we came in. Lord, I love you, and I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. got a title how is your fire how is your fire I'm going to start reading in Luke and um, the very last part of the what I'm going to read is what I want to speak on Luke uh, started in verse 2 in the middle of the uh, verse it says the word of the Lord came to John the son of Zacharias in the wilderness and he went into all the region round the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sin. Verse 15. Now as the people were in expectation and all reason in their hearts about John, whether he was the Christ or not, John answered saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal straps I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Holy Spirit and fire. Holy Spirit and fire, they kind of go hand in hand. Without the Holy Spirit, there's no fire. To have the fire, you must be filled with the Holy Spirit. John said that one mightier than himself would be, would baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire. Jesus is our baptizer. John twenty twenty two. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus knew that his disciples were going to need the Holy Spirit. For them to do the work that he had called them unto, and they had no idea what it was going to be like at that point in time. But he told them to receive the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> now, at this time, they did not receive the Holy Spirit. It was not manifested in their life. It didn't happen until we get to Acts 2. But it was a commandment. Go, receive the Holy Spirit. Do this. When the right time comes, you receive it. Amen. Acts 1.8 But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. This is the same power, the same fire that John spoke about 
in the book of Luke. It's the same Holy Spirit, the same power that Jesus said for us to receive, for his disciples to receive. This power, this fire that he spoke of, will take ordinary people, believers like you and I, and transform them into something or someone extraordinary, not by any power or ability that we may possess. This power enables us to be witnesses even when it's not popular. This power enables us to be witnesses even when in the face of persecution. This power enables us to do the work of the Lord, to do the work of Jesus. Amen. Jeremiah wrote in time of persecution, uh, Jeremiah 20 and 9, it says, Then I said, I will not make mention of him. He, he was about ready to give up. He didn't want to do it anymore. He didn't want the persecution anymore. He says, I will not make mention of him, nor speak anything in his name. But the word was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back, and I could not. One of the things about the Holy Spirit, when you have that fire of the Holy Spirit, you cannot hold it back. You, it's just something that you want to do. You got to get out there and minister. You got to touch people's lives. You got to witness. You want to lay your hands on the sick and see them recover. It gets in your bones. The fire gets there, and mighty things takes place. The extraordinary takes place in our lives. If we're filled with the Holy Spirit, His Spirit should be like a burning fire shut up in our bones. When the day of Pentecost, Acts 2, from verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a, as of a mighty if I get my words switched around here, excuse me. As of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. On the day of Pentecost, there appeared to them who were gathered divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each one of them. One thing I, I thought was really unique about that, it just wasn't one tongue or one fire, but each one had a tongue and had a fire upon them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. But the important thing is, when they were filled, they had to maintain their fire. The fire will not just stay there unless you maintain it, unless you give it fuel, unless you do something to make it continue on a daily basis. <clears throat> it 
If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, it's up to you to keep it burning. Know this, without the Holy Spirit, there is no fire. To have the fire, you must be filled with the Holy Spirit. I said this earlier. However, you can be filled with the Holy Spirit and have little or no fire. That's the hard part. That's the sad part. No power. When you were filled, the power was there. But you've allowed the power, you've allowed the flame to go down. It may be just a flicker. It may be just a, um, an ember. It's still there. There's still a little heat. But the fire is not there. The power is not there. I want to liken it to a volcano. When a volcano is made, when they erupt for the first time, there's a lot of power going on. You see all the the, uh, the lava and the heat, the melted rocks, all the dirt that moves up with it. There's a lot of power. But what happens to volcanoes over a period of time? They become dormant. They become inactive. Still a volcano, but yet it's not doing anything. It's just sitting there. Many Christians today, they've been filled with the Spirit, but they're dormant. They're inactive. They're not allowing God to move in their life. They're satisfied to sit on the pew. They're satisfied to just let life go by. The power's there, but you can't see it. It's somewhere down deep. The Holy Spirit's still there. I guess my question tonight for us, are you active or inactive? Are you dormant or are you erupting? And letting the power of God show through. Tonight's an act of self-evaluation. Have you kept your fire alive and active? Are you as passionate about the things of God as you once were? Think about it. Was there a time where you just couldn't Hold yourself back. You had to witness. You just want to touch people's lives. But now we just kind of sit by and, and we walk past them. And if the Holy Spirit was trying to tell us, hey, witness this person, would we hear him? Are you passionate, passionate about sharing the love of Jesus as you once were? Are you passionate about praying and meditating on the Word as you once were? Do you hear the voice of God as clearly as in times past? That's a scary thing. To be able to hear the Word of the Lord just speaking to your heart and through to your spirit, and all of a sudden you find yourself in a place 
Can't hear him. God, are you there? It's not a fun place to be. I've been there before. You feel like when you pray that your prayers just kind of fall to the ground. How's your joy tonight? Is the joy of the Lord your strength? Are you, is your spirit full of joy tonight? Do you find yourself watching things on TV or listening on the radio that at one time you would turn off? You left down, let down your standard. Things that you have said, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. This, that's not right before God. God, I'm not going to do it. But little by little, we let it creep back into our lives. Your flame will get smaller and weaker every day unless you choose to do something about it. Second Timothy one six. Paul wrote Timothy. So he said, "Therefore I remind you to stir up." The gift of God, which is in you through the laying of, of my hands. The NIV says, for this reason, I remind you to, to fan and to flame the gift of God. It's something that we got to do ourselves. God's not going to make us do it. He wants us to do it. But you and I have to get up there and, yes, God, I'm going to stir. Yes, God, I'm going to fan that flame. God, this is what I want. And if you want it, God's going to meet you there. But he's not going to twist your arm. He's not going to make you. It's up to us to fan the flame. How do we do this? You pray every day as much as you can. Pray with the understanding, and even more importantly, pray in the Spirit. Jude 20 says, But you, dear friends, build yourself up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. It builds you up. It makes you strong. It makes you, the fire get hotter in your spirit as you pray in the Spirit. It's important that you pray in the Spirit. It's like putting fuel on a fire. The more you pray in the Spirit, the greater the fire. It's also important to read and meditate on the Word. Second Timothy 2.15 says, To study to show, your, show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly, rightly dividing the Word of truth. We need the Word of God. It is by knowledge and faith of the Word and by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the fire that enables us to do the works of Jesus. It is by knowledge and faith in the Word and the anointing of the Holy Spirit that enables us to live an overcoming life. Ephesians 6, it says, um, verse 10, 
It says, finally be strong in the Lord and in the mighty, in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the devil's schemes. Who knows that the devil has schemes against you? He's got an assignment. He never gets tired. But you need the Holy Spirit. You need the, the fire of the Holy Spirit to stand before him. You need that anointing on your life. If you're weak, he's going to throw you around. He's going to slap you around. You have no power to pull from. You have nothing to draw from. At that point in time, that's the worst time to try to become strong. You just... How you do it? You know, you just... You start reading the Word, cramming the Word, you start praying. You should have been prepared. The fire should have been already lit. We must not be ignorant of his tactics. He is very shrewd. He's very methodical. Going on down further, uh, Ephesians 6.16 says, Take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. We need the shield of faith. We need to be able to stand before him. Three schemes of Satan that I want to talk about tonight. Y'all will probably be out early tonight. Everybody says amen. <laughs> Galatians 6 9 says, Let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. First of all, doing the things of the kingdom takes work. It's not easy. Anybody that does anything to church, they know. It takes a lot of work. If left unchecked, we become tired. Everything becomes an effort. No one wants to help our no one really cares. It's the kind of attitude we kind of get into. I gave it a name. To me, it's spiritual depression. Or burnout. Something hard to overcome sometimes. i uh been there. And for a while, you can't do anything. But I had the wrong focus. I was focusing on the works. I wasn't focusing on touching people's lives and, and, and doing what God was calling me to do. I was just doing it. All for the wrong reasons. <clears throat> That's why it's important for us to continually to stir up and to fan into flame the gift of God. 
It's up to us. It's up to you. It's up to me. And just as Samson would shake himself and the Holy Spirit would come upon him, perhaps tonight is the night that we need to shake ourselves. We've got a lot at stake. We've got a lot of people that needs a touch from God. We see them every day. Does it bother us? Does it really... Do we really see the hopelessness? Do we feel like we want to help them? Or do we just do our thing? And you can't do it without the Holy Spirit. That's the whole thing. We need the fire. You know, we won't see signs and wonders. We need the fire. If you have the fire, you'll see the signs and wonders. We need the fire. We need the Holy Spirit just to come in and and just touch our lives, burn away. That's one thing about fire. It gets rid of all the impurities in your life. And and the Holy Spirit, if you allow it to to, uh, begin to burn and you stir it and you stir it and you stir it, you'll find all kinds of impurities in your life. Oh, God, I I was doing that. You know, know, it, it just all of a sudden these things are wrong. The Holy Spirit will tell you. We need to get rid of the impurities. Revelations 2. This is when uh, Jesus was telling John to write to the church of Ephesus. Starting with verse 2, it says, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you had tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and labor for my namesake, and have not become weary. Sounds like the perfect church. Sound like they're doing everything right. But there was something that was still needing. There was still something wrong. Jesus goes on to say, Nevertheless, I have this against you. You have left your first love. You have left your first love. Do you remember how sweet it was the day that you gave your heart to God? When you knew that things went from night to day, how clean you felt, how much you loved God, they left their first love. They got into the works. Problem is not what they were doing, but it's what they were not doing. It was not their works, it was not their labor or anything that Jesus commended them for. They were just doing church. They were doing business as usual. They were doing everything by the book. 
but they forgot about the relationship. They forgot what was really precious. And they were doing the works. They were doing everything right. But they were leaving Jesus out of it. They were leaving their... the one that mattered. Jesus told them what they had to do, starting with verse 5. says, Remember therefore from whence where ye have fallen. That's looking back and knowing... God, I was here at one time with you. We had such a close relationship. He says, repent and do the first works. What's it going to take for us to find our first love again? I think it's going to take us getting on our knees. It's going to take us praying. He says, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from his place unless you repent. Pretty strong words. Pretty strong words. Maybe some of us need to repent. I don't know. I don't know where you are. I know the Holy Spirit really convicted me in some stuff. We need to return to our first love. We need to think back what it was really like when we first found him. He's wanting you back. He wants you back. Revelations 3, starting with verse uh, 15. Here John was instructed to write to the church of Laodicea. Verse 15 says, I know your works, that you were neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm, and neither cold or hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. This is a terrible place to be. There are Christians who have let their fire die down. They're back to where the embers are and just the coals and just kind of smoldering. This is this place of lukewarmness. The fire had not burned out. There's still a little fire. The Holy Spirit's still there. But it needs to be stirred. It needs a little more fuel added to the fire. It needs to be fanned a little bit. A big blaze won't happen overnight, but you've got to begin where you are and start fanning, start stirring. The fire had not burned out, but it reached a point that it was useful for nothing. Jesus said that he would vomit them out of his mouth. 
They reached to a point that they made Jesus disgusted with them and their attitude and the way they were doing things. They became like the volcano. They had great potential, but did nothing about it. I guess my question tonight is, how's your fire? Is it hot? Have we let it die down a little bit? Do you need to repent? Do you need to do your first works? Do you need to stir up or flame the fire, fan the fire? I don't know where you are, but God knows, and you know. And tonight you can make it a beginning. I want to see the power of God manifest stronger and stronger within our body. We should be seeing miracles, people healed, every service, amen. But we're going to have to do something about it. Pastor can't do it all. You can have a, a hot pastor, but you can have a cold church, okay? He can't do it all. My guess is, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want God to do in your life? What do you want? This time next year, where do you want to be in God? You know, if we allow the fire to really begin to burn, even that new building will not be big enough for us. You know, we look at the revival that took place in Florida, um, there in uh, the Brownsville revival. Boy, they grew. They had so many things happening. They had the fire. There's another revival on. I don't know much about it. I hadn't heard much about it, but there's another revival going on. There's got to be a lot of fire going on. So tonight, I just want to encourage you to do it. Do what it takes. There should not be anything such as a weak Christian. We got the Godhead. We got the power of God. We got God Himself living within us. And there's nothing that can stop us. Amen. Let's stand. If this is something you want God to do in your life, if you want God just to take you from where you are. Now, I know we're all at different areas. But we've got the same goal. If you want God to do something, and if you're willing to change the way you do things, and you're willing to let God change you, I'm going to ask you just to come up. Not, I'm not going to pray for you, but just say, God, 
I want more of the fire. And if you want the fire, he'll give it to you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Can we sing that, the song that has fire come down 